Hi, Autumn. Thank you for joining us on the Rare Report podcast. Tell us more about your brand. Sure, I have a design and ethical women's wear brand that invests in women along the supply chain. Uh, We are a brand that's centered on women supporting women through beautiful, vibrant fashion sprinkled with African culture. What was your inspiration for becoming a fashion designer? I just really loved getting dressed every day in the morning. It was like the funnest part of the day for me. It was like an adventure to go into the closet and see what I could create. It also kind of helped me as a sensitive person kind of put a barrier or a mask on so that people would be so intrigued by the exterior that they wouldn't really try to get to the interior. Uh, Also, my mother used to design a lot of my clothing when I was a child. I was voted best dressed in fourth grade because she would dress me every day. That's amazing. Would you say your mother inspired you to be a fashion designer? Absolutely. My mom's got incredible taste. She dresses really well, and she's also a really great interior designer. My dad's an artist, too. So you grew up in the art community, you would say? I did. My mother's actually a physician, but she's always had an artistic streak. She so she'll work in the hospital or in the clinic all day, and then she goes home and she bakes these like incredible cakes until like 3 o'clock in the morning and sells them to people in her community. So phenomenal woman. Before you decided to be a fashion designer, did you have a different plan for your career? I thought I'd be a lawyer or a veterinarian. You know, when you're younger and you're just like, okay, trying to figure out what you're going to do. I liked animals, so I thought I could be a vet. And I like to argue and I'm a Libra, so I thought I could be a lawyer. What is a typical day at work for you? Every day is different. Um, some days I honestly have to like make myself focus and stay in and like get work done but usually it's me running around the garment district getting things made with my factories I might be trying to set up another program in Kenya so reaching out to my partners out there to see if I could you know how we can hire women what the training process is gonna be like I'm oftentimes working with my network of female collaborators whether that's developing branding materials, um, working on videos and videography, doing legal things, doing accounting things, you know, just doing all the things that are necessary to keep a business afloat or get one started. Sometimes I'm looking into ways to raise capital and re- reaching out to investors. And other days I'm focused on writing my column for Forbes. Fabulous. Can you tell us more about your column for Forbes, how you got involved and what the message is? Sure. Uh, My column for Forbes is about my personal entrepreneurial journey and the exciting entrepreneurs that I meet along the way. I write about my personal entrepreneurial journey. I think that as people start businesses, it's really scary. And if you're not a serial entrepreneur, you don't know what's normal and what's not normal or what steps to take next. So I just have a very raw and honest column about what the journey for me has been like. I also write about other um, inspiring entrepreneurs that I meet because they often serve as my mentors along my path. You mentioned that there's an aspect of your brand that is in Kenya. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. So we have launched three pilot programs in different countries in Africa. The first one was in Ghana, the second one was in Nigeria, and the most recent one was in Kenya. And figuring out how to produce fashion fashion product on the African continent, whether it's working with 
female-owned small factories and paying them fair trade wages to produce garments, or training women in hand beading and having them execute the hand beading in the collection. It was always my dream to work with the Maasai. I'm Nigerian, uh, but the Maasai are known, one of the tribes who are known for their hand beading. So it was always my dream to travel there and work with them. And we were just there in June. We worked with eight women. None of them spoke English, but we trained them how to hand beat the samples in our collection and they executed it. We paid them fair trade wages and those efforts paid them twice as much as a man with a full-time job in the local tourism industry would make in Kenya. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's really admirable. Thank you. What has been your most memorable moment as a fashion designer? There have been so many, um, you know, the, of course there's the things that drive attention, which drives people to know about the brand, like the magazine features, you know, the first time you're featured in a magazine or building those relationships with editors. Seeing your name in print is always really cool. And then there's the times where the high profile women who have access to anything in the world decide to wear your clothes. You know, that's always amazing. You know, people like Solange Knowles or Tracy Ellis Ross or Amanda Hearst to have worn the collection. And besides that, besides those kind of attention, um, being the center of attention sort of things, it's definitely been working with other women, whether it's women who are at my level or even above me, mentors, or working with the women in Africa who I get to train and, um, see the pride that they have in creating a product and earning a fair trade living wage for their work has been amazing. So I just love every day um, going to work and inspiring other women and being inspired by other women. Do you remember seeing your first magazine feature? Yes, I do. It was Ebony Magazine, one with Sade on the cover. And Elaine, who's now the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, was the editor of Ebony, and she is the one who featured it. She did such an amazing job on that layout, and I'm not surprised that she's ended up in the position that she's ended in in such a short amount of time. I love Elaine. Yeah, she's And Elaine, incredible. if you're listening, we would love to interview you. We think you're amazing. <laughs> What's the greatest challenge that you've had to overcome as a fashion designer thus far? Capital. <laughs> it took me a long time to get capital, and that's, I mean, any designer will tell you that. It's cash flow. It's like the traditional industry is you're running, you're always chasing after cash. So that's been the toughest thing. And a lot of investors don't understand fashion. Uh, they want to invest in tech, they want to invest in restaurants. Even though restaurants like fail nine times out of ten, an investor will be more willing to invest in a restaurant than they will a fashion brand. So, just because they can understand the bottom line a little better, probably. Fashion also has a really long runway for profitability. It usually takes about five years to build a brand, and investors want their money back quick. So, yeah. Where do you see your career going? right now are just focused on proving the model. We're in a beta test for the year and you know, now that I have secured capital, testing the model in the market and seeing how the collection sells and then circling back and trying to do things bigger with the bigger team. So I'm not a solopreneur. You know, while I do get to work with people, they tend to be consultants. I don't have any employees.
employees. So it would be, um, you know, being able to hire a small team and execute properly on a larger level. What's the most valuable lesson that you've learned in your career? Valuable lesson. For me, the thing that I struggle with the most is like stress and like having that balance, like, you know, just making sure I have fun. Because like if you get get to the point where everyone's driving you crazy, which they will, that's what people do, they just drive you crazy. You have to be able to step back from that and just like be like, this is not gonna like steal my joy, you know? Because if you let it, there'll always be a different fire every day that you're having to put out and you'll hate your job. And like, if you're pursuing your dream, you have to be able to find that balance of like still having fun because that's why you decided to pursue your dream. So every day for me, it's like making sure that I'm still having fun and that I remind myself like stress is a choice and like you don't have to choose to be stressed out. Absolutely. Who is your female role model? I love Coco Chanel. If the odds were against anybody, it was her. She built this brand and what other fashion brand? Okay, maybe Hermes, but her her bags increase in value every year. So if you buy a Chanel bag, it's gonna, you can sell it for more money the next year. Like what other handbag besides maybe an Hermes is like that? So I just have so much respect for her and the brand that she built with the odds that were stacked against her. Are you currently involved in any humanitarian efforts? Yes, my business. Um, I consider it a humanitarian effort because I know what it's like to go to a job that you hate every day just to pay your bills. And, you know, I want to create an environment for work that people love coming to and they thrive working within. And even the women we were working with in Kenya, if they wanted to take a break, they took a break. You know, they were like, even though we were paying them, they were their own like bosses. You know, you have to trust the people that you hire to be responsible and not have them working under like a, a whip, you know? So I do consider myself a humanitarian because of the kind of work environment and the environment of trust that I want to build with the people that come on the team. Um, would you say that your mom inspired you to go back and do these great efforts with these women as far as production and manufacturing. So it's funny that you asked that question. I'm going to answer it in a roundabout way. Um, if you ever want to see me get really passionate or even quite aggressive with someone, let them tell me that I'm not African. You know, it's happened to me a few times in the past and it always ends up in a verbal altercation. It's ended one of my very good friendships because they told me I wasn't African. And even though I don't speak like I'm African, even though I wasn't born in Africa, my entire lineage, my mother, my father, all my grandparents, all my aunts, all my cousins are Nigerian. So for you to try to take that away from me, like who are you to try to take that away from me? I'm very proud to be, I'm very proud of my heritage. And that's why it's important for me to always reinvest back into people in the African continent. Do you consider yourself a leader? Last year, if you would have asked me that, the answer would have been no. But because I was given the opportunity by a single person who invested in my company to prove that I am a leader, yes, now I think that I am a leader. And Something actually happened this week. We're finalizing our lookbook and the person that we're working with 
uh, a female who owns a branding company down in Miami who's doing our branding. I just wasn't happy with the look of the lookbook. And initially I was just telling her criticisms, not this way, not that way. It didn't work until I opened the book in Photoshop and spent four hours on it myself and then sent it back for her, for her, to, per, for her to perfect. And it made me think, uh, there's this meme that I've seen of the difference between a leader and I think a business owner. The business owner sits in the back and shouts. The leader is at the front pulling the weight. So you always have to be able to go in there and get, it's not about like you're now in a position where you're boss, you can just boss people around. You have to be able, you have to know how to do in a certain capacity, every aspect of your business. And you have to be able to get in there and get it done if that person steps out or isn't understanding it or doesn't understand the vision that you're trying to bring them towards. What can we expect from your upcoming collection? I, I had to look at the people who have invested in the collection in the past, the past customers and who those women were, and they tended to be leaders of industry, professional women, whether they're CEOs or I have one president of the university who's super supportive, uh, older women who actually have the capital to shop or the, excuse me, the income, they're not business owners, so they have the income to shop. So uh, it tends to be like work to after work, like appropriate to wear from work and after work look fun, colorful, classic silhouettes with unexpected twists, um, a bit of a global flair, fabrics that came in from the UK, Italy, France, Holland, uh, hand beaded in Kenya. So making sure that it's a bit of a, a global brand and bringing that worldwide representation to the customer. Where can our audience go to view and shop your collection? They can visit us at www.automadegbo.com. We also have, we're always looking to partner with creatives. So if you see something on the brand, on the website that resonates with you, reach out to us and we'll see if there's a way for us to work together. All right, Autumn, so now we're gonna get into some fun questions, okay? Sounds good. So, if you had to choose, what would be your life's theme song? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I have to really think about it. I'm a big music lover. Like, I love music. It gets me through. I'm gonna say Ambition by Wale. Okay. And he's Nigerian. Like, you don't have to change who you are to appease people. Like, and how many people, social media uh, personalities do we know who have made it big because they're unapologetically themselves? And all of us are like, us professional people, we're afraid like, you're like tipping around on social media, like, is this okay? Is this not okay? Meanwhile, there's people who are just like putting anything on and like reposting anything and the brands are, Brands are endorsing them, big brands who you wouldn't think would are like co-signing them because of the influential status they've reached by being themselves. So it's always trying to find that balance. How do you define confidence? Hmm, confidence. I, yeah, I'd have to really think about it. Um, I okay. So this is the thing. Being close to the entertainment industry, I've seen a lot of people that like say famous people who their fans would probably think are confident, but you know, you're, I know that they're not. Um, I think confidence is like who you are when no one's looking, you know, or being able to 
squarely look at yourself in the mirror and in the eyes and like I feel like confidence and integrity go hand in hand and if you're a person with integrity then confidence is going to come naturally confidence is being able to trust in and believe in yourself regardless of whether other people are whether you have a million likes on social media you know it's being able to believe in yourself um regardless of what other people think or if other people are supporting you three words to your younger self to my younger self don't get tattoos i'm getting one removed right now <laughs> it's so expensive and painful oh baby <laughs> what do you love most about being a woman women are smarter than men <laughs> absolutely perfect answer <laughs> I hate to say it. That's also what I find so disappointing about men. I'm like, really? Really? Like, when I find stuff that I'm like, there's nothing else. There's nothing more. Like, and we expect for there to be more because there's so much in us. Oh, no. They're, like, so simple. Very. <laughs> okay, last question. What female, dead or alive, is your spirit animal? Oh, I already said this. It's, I think it's Chanel, but... She had a bit of controversy in her life, if I'm not mistaken. That's a bit swept under the rug. Um, so maybe I need to do a little bit more research into that before I just, you know, take that on. I also really love Frida Kahlo. Uh, everything that she went through, including being involved with one of the most famous artists in the world who was notorious for cheating on her and standing by his side and, you know, having a debilitating illness. Uh, illness where she wasn't able to walk but that didn't stop her from pursuing her art and her creating some of the most beautiful works that have outlived her you know just her personality has um she created a legacy i love people that create leg legacies absolutely all right autumn well thank you so much for your time thank My you for pleasure. interviewing for the ray report and we look forward to having you again in the near future oh thank you thank you guys for having me and Thank you.